dad told me, uh, which I'm going to share with you now. I, I may have shared with you this joke before, but I don't remember. I don't remember things much anymore. That's, that's what my wife is for. She tells me everything that I, I don't remember. <laughs> so, so I'm going to tell you this joke. This woman goes up to her son's bedroom, and she says, Mijo, get up. It's time to go to church. Uh, maybe I should say it like my dad says it. He's, she says, uh, Mijo, it's time to go to church. Um, she waits a little bit. He doesn't get up, and she goes up there again second time. Mijo, Mijo, it, it's time to go to church. Get up. Oh, Mom, I don't want to go to church. Why? Why don't you want to go to church? Oh, because the people there talk about me, and they, they make fun of me. But, Mijo, you have to go to church. Well, why, Mom? Why do I have to go to church? Well, Mijo, because you're the pastor. You have to go. <laughs> so that's why I'm here. I have, I'm the pastor. I have to. <laughs> uh, oh, I want to give thanks, first of all, to the Huffakers for this nice polo they got me. They brought me this, this polo, um, I guess it was about the 24th of December. And I was, I was not doing well at all. I was on the couch. I couldn't get up. Uh, I had a, a catheter in place in my chest um, that they were using for infusions and what they were going to use for the stem cell transplant. And it was uh, not doing well. I was bleeding a lot. I was soaking shirts. and I had to go to the, the ER um, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day to get it taken care of. So I wasn't doing well, but I received this gift. And I opened up the box, and I, I, I look at the shirt, and... And immediately, I start thinking, what if I don't get to wear this shirt? You know, I'm, I'm feeling bad. I'm, but, but just as fast, I stopped myself, and I said, no, no, that's, that's wrong. And so I began to think of how, how precious of a gift this is. How precious of a gift this is, and how kind and how caring the Huffakers were to give me this shirt. Because it said to me, thank you for being our pastor. Thank you for, for loving us. And, uh, and so I sat there and I wept. Thank you. I always remember that day. Okay, so see, it's a very emotional day for me. <laughs> uh, okay. So the last time, like Mark said, that I preached was August 2nd. It was the last time I brought the word. Mark and I were counting on our fingers the number of months. We, we must have counted, what, three or four times? Uh, September, October, November. <laughs> uh, nine months it's been since I brought the word. And praise God that, uh, that he has now brought me back to this place to bring his word, his precious word. So our text this morning is going to be from Mark chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles, please open to Mark chapter 4. I'll read the text and then, and then I'll pray for the preaching of God's word. Mark chapter 4 beginning in verse 35 to the end of the chapter, God's word says this. 
On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great storm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Father, as we contemplate this text, your word, Father God, this, this story of Jesus calming the storm and bringing to light and shedding for us, laying open for us a bigger story than just this particular storm. Lord, I ask that you would help me this morning. Father, you've, I thank you for already helping me put words on paper about what you want me to say this morning. But Lord, I ask for the Holy Spirit now to just come upon me, Father. Come, Holy Spirit. Strengthen me this morning. Allow me to, to stand here and worship you, Father. With all mercy and grace, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, everybody has a story to tell. A storm that they've been in uh, could be financial, maybe, maybe your marriage or wanting to be married, um, perhaps the sickness or ongoing sickness, illness, you know, um, things, all sorts of things that, that put us right in the middle of, of the, our storm, so to speak. It's where we, we battle most with, with trusting God. Being reliant on him for everything, even, even during the bad times. Like Mark was saying, my storm started last year, August 30th, after, after we ordained Todd. Um, I was lifting up a, a chair. I had back problems, and I was lifting up a chair to to put it into the car, and I felt an extreme pain in the middle of my back. And I thought, actually, I was having a heart attack, and, and so I took a couple of um, nitroglycerin. And on the way home, I told my wife, you know what, this is not settling. I need for you to take me to the, to the ER. And so she proceeded to, to hit every pothole and every manhole cover on the way to the ER while I'm screaming in pain, ouch, how's this, dear? <laughs> we get to the ER and they run a whole bunch of tests and, and 
the doctor comes back, the ER doctor comes back, and she says, um, I've got some bad news and I've got some good news. The good news is you're not having a heart attack. Your heart looks good. The, e the, the EKG is, is excellent. Uh, so you're not having a heart attack. But the bad news is you've got uh, two breaks in your spine. And we found lesions on your ribs. And she, she's, she said they're, they're like micro fractures. And she said, and that's not all. She says, you've got cancer. And we think it's multiple myeloma. Now, I could tell from the expression on her face that um, she was surprised that we weren't freaking out. There was, there was a, a measure of undeniable peace in that room at that moment. Yes. Peace. Peace throughout this whole storm. But not without pain and discomfort. It was not without rough waves or times where I would have said, do you not care that we are perishing? Dinah can attest that there were times of great struggle, but never was there a time where I felt abandoned or, or forsaken or, or left alone. Never once. Like the song says, this is where I lost it this morning. Never once did we ever walk alone. Never once did you leave us on our own. You are faithful. God, you are faithful. Rest in the storm comes from knowing and trusting in God. When we know who God is and what he's done for us and what he continues to do for us, we begin to have a better handle on how to trust him through our storms. And when the waves get really rough, which they inevitably do, we will be less likely to panic and run to our old ways, our vices. But like with most things, trusting in God doesn't come naturally. We have to learn how to trust in him through knowledge, experience, and faith. Knowledge, experience, and faith. These, uh, these, these words are going to be in, in the points that I'll bring this morning, which are God brings the storm, God conquered the storm, and God is with us through the storm. So let's begin with point number one. God brings the storm. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great storm arose. Now, you can replace great storm here with hurricane. Essentially, that's what it was, a hurricane. Um, I don't know if any of you have been through a hurricane. Our family has been through two. We lived in Florida, in Melbourne, Florida, which is about central Florida. And um, in, in August of 92, it was that uh, Hurricane Andrew came through, and it was Category 5. It was Cat 5. 
Now, we, I could call it Cat 5 because I lived through the storm. <laughs> when you live through the storm, you can say Cat 5. <laughs> we lived through a Cat 5. Andrew was a Cat 5, but it passed just below Miami, which is very, very the tip of, the, of Florida. So we didn't see much of it. There were high winds, but not that bad. But then in, in August of 96 was Hurricane Aaron, which was a Cat 2, but it passed only 34 miles south of Melbourne. So the, the eye was passing right below us, and uh, we felt a lot of the strong winds. And they were, they were Cat 2 was about 85 miles per hour, uh, which was pretty strong. So, was, so I can imagine a great storm when it arose. And the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. Keep in mind that it was Jesus who suggested that they get in the boat and go to the other side. Let us go across to the other side. And according to Mark, there wasn't a storm already brewing. Otherwise, the disciples and, and everybody else would have said, whoa, Jesus, wait a minute. There's a storm brewing. I don't think it's a good idea for us to get in the water. But there wasn't. He said, let's, let's get a, in a boat and let's go to the other side. Okay, everybody, come on. Go to the other side. Now, the Sea of Galilee on the Jordan is more like a very large lake. It's, it's about 13 miles long and about 8 miles wide. So it would take a good half day to get across in their boats. So we know that they weren't concerned about getting in their boats and going across to the other side. And a great storm arose. Now, who do you think brought the storm? That's right. That's very good. I wasn't ready for that. That was good. The creator of the universe. That's who. The one who creates all things. God brought the storm. I mean, he tells us in the very first verse of the very first book of the Bible, in the beginning, God created. Isn't that beautiful? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In Romans 1.20, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things. Not some things, not most things. It says all things were made through Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. And then also in Job 38, God is speaking to Job and he says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched a line upon it? You see, it is God who creates all things, even storms. Some would say, but God doesn't bring bad stuff. God is, 
He doesn't bring calamity or things that would cause heartache or even cause someone to die. God is, God is good and loving and caring. And I would say to you what Job told his wife when she told him to curse God and die. He said in, in chapter, 10 verse, or chapter 2, verse 10, shall we receive good from God and shall we not receive evil? Now, it's important to note here that evil is not malicious evil like you would get from Satan because there is no evil in God, but rather it's the opposite of good or what we would term bad. So if, if God created all things, if he created all things, shall we receive only the good things from God and not the bad things? Even the storms in our life, God creates. Do you believe God is creating a storm in your life today that he wants to use to, to work on something in your heart? What do you fear? Do you fear you're alone? It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Deuteronomy 31.8. This verse has been with me since the beginning of my diagnosis and even before my diagnosis of cancer. Cancer is a very scary word, no doubt. People hear the word cancer. What's the first thing that comes to mind? Pain and suffering and even death. And even though those things may come, if I rest in the fact that he is with me, if I rest in the fact that he will not forsake me, that he is going before me and preparing the path before me, I can take comfort that he will bring me through to the other side of the storm and all other storms because he has a great thing in store for me. He has great things in store for all of us. 1 Peter 1, verses 3 and 4 say, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Oh, this is but a momentary affliction. Second Corinthians 4, 17 says, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. This affliction cannot compare to the eternal weight of glory. My affliction cannot compare to the eternal weight of glory. Let me rejoice. For I have waiting for me something that is beyond comparison to what I am suffering now. Sometimes I pray, Father, let this cup pass from me. 
Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Matthew 26, 39 is what Jesus prayed. Fortunately, we're not forced to, to face the ultimate storm that Jesus faced. Rest in the storm comes from knowing and trusting in God, knowing knowledge in the creator of the universe who creates all things, even the storms in our lives, knowledge in the fact that he has promised to never leave us or forsake us, gives us the peace and confidence to rest in him. When a great windstorm arose, waves were crashing in and filling the boat. So what do you do when water is filling a boat? Abandon ship. I was for sure some wise guy was going to say, abandon ship. <laughs> I guess I'm the only one that thought that. <laughs> but what do you do when, when water's filling a boat? Well, you, you better start bailing water, right? They, they're probably running around, bailing water, yelling back and forth at each other, you know, falling down, screaming, trying to stay afloat. And they notice that at the back of the boat, Jesus is asleep on a cushion. And they go to wake him up. Now, they don't know yet, but he's about to conquer the storm. Point number two, God conquered the storm. And a great windstorm arose. Waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. In verse 38, but he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Now, I can imagine that, you know, they're, they're fearful for their lives. They're running around. They're bailing water. They see Jesus at the back of the boat. I don't imagine that they went up to him and, and tapped him on the shoulder and said, uh, teacher, uh, <laughs> sorry to disturb you, but uh, we're perishing here. You, know, you, <laughs> you think you might help us a little bit here? <laughs> no, they're, they're scared. They're fearing for their lives. I'm sure they took him and, and were shaking him. Jesus! <laughs> teacher! <laughs> we're perishing. You know, I, I, I would be doing that. <laughs> and he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and it was a great calm. Now, a couple of things to note about this section of text. First of all, the fact that the words peace and be still have exclamation points, which is purely for the benefit of the disciples and the readers of the Bible. Here is Jesus, who is God, the creator of the universe, who doesn't have to raise his voice to command the wind and cease to do anything. It's not like because the storm is raging, he has to raise his voice above it so that the storm could hear him and obey he could have simply whispered the words or just thought them and his will would have been done. 
Can, can you imagine Mark running around? What did he say? What did he say? Does anybody know what he said? Mark's writing his, his gospel, and he gets to the story, and he's going, man, if, if only somebody knew what he said. <laughs> no, Jesus, Jesus said, peace, be still, loud enough for the disciples to hear. He wanted them to know that he was the one responsible for conquering the storm. He was responsible for quieting the storm, which was, in their mind, their sure and immediate demise. It was also so that they would relate clearly to what he would do, what he would soon do that was even bigger than a great windstorm. You see, Jesus does more than just rescue us from circumstances. Jesus rescues us from ultimate danger. And he's setting them up, and us as well, for something greater. All would have been lost on the story if they had gone to wake him up, and the storm ceased just as he was waking. Oh, sorry, Master. <laughs> False alarm. That's okay. You can just go back to sleep. No, the story is to show that Jesus is a conqueror. And he's on a mission. He's on a mission. He's on a mission to conquer the greatest storm in our lives. A storm that never to be reconciled to God the Father and forever being banished to an eternal death in hell. Forever separated from God. This is the ultimate storm. The second thing to notice about this text is the result of Jesus conquering the storm. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Here's that word again, great. We saw it first uh, in the first part of the text, a great windstorm, right? And now again, a great calm. It wasn't just a storm or a windstorm. It was a great windstorm. And it wasn't just a calm. It was a great calm. The greatness of the storm was matched with the greatness of the calm. Just like the greatness of the wrath that was due to us because of our sin against the holy God needed to be matched by the greatness of the sacrifices, the sacrifice needed to satisfy that wrath. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross wasn't just something anybody could do. There, there had to be payment that was sufficient for the offense. And the sacrifice of the Son of God, who was blameless and perfect, is what was needed to satisfy the wrath of a just and holy God. And we were made aware that the disciples thought of this act as something out of the ordinary, ordinary uh, because of what was written in verse 41. 
Verse 41 says, and they were filled with great, here's that word again, they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? What they didn't know at the time was, this was God himself. Jesus, the conqueror, God, the son, who took on the form of a servant who offered himself up to take away the sins of the world. Philippians 2, verse 6 through 8, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And Jesus didn't disappoint. He didn't disappoint in this story, and he doesn't disappoint in the ultimate offering. In this story, not only do we know he conquered the storm by calming the seas by the breath of his word, but he got them to the other side. In verse 35, he says, hey, let let us go across to the other side. And immediately following this story, in verse 1 of the next chapter, it says, they came to the other side. You see, Jesus is our boat ride to the other side. If we believe in him and confess him as our Lord and Savior. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. What do we gain by Christ's work on the cross? What do we gain by by his work on the ultimate storm, his conquering of the ultimate storm? The waves on Galilee were nowhere near the danger of God's wrath for unforgiven sin. We have one who can do more than rescue us from circumstances. We have one who can rescue us from ultimate danger. Even death does not ultimately destroy those who are in Christ. Has Jesus conquered the ultimate storm in your life? Have you claimed his victory and received salvation? Have you confessed your need for a savior and received the gift of salvation from God through his son, Jesus Christ? If not, why not? What are you waiting for? When it's too late, it's too late. If you die without receiving salvation through Jesus Christ, There's no second chance. There's no do-overs. What are you waiting for? Don't wait any longer. Rest in the storm comes from knowing and trusting in God. Experience in having Jesus to conquer our ultimate storm also gives us the ability to have confidence in our circumstantial storms of life. When we know that Jesus has paid for our salvation, 
and we will be receiving everlasting life, then these momentary afflictions will not compare to the eternal weight of glory that is being prepared for us. But victory doesn't end with this story. In fact, Jesus gives us a heads up for what we'll need during future storms. Faith. Faith. In verse 40, Jesus asks his disciples two questions. Not not for his benefit, but for the benefit of the disciples and for us. Point number three, God is with us through the storm. In verse 40, he said, He said to them, why are you so afraid? Again, he's not asking these questions for himself. He knows the answer. Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? He's asking these questions for the benefit of his followers. He wants for us to ask ourselves these questions. Why am I so afraid. Do I still have no faith? Jesus knows the answer. He he knows we are afraid because we still don't have the faith to overcome our fear. Fear of the the unknown. Fear of the what-ifs. And soon he's going to reveal that that he's going to send a helper when he departs. But he wants them to realize that they need the help. And the only way that they're going to come to that realization is if they pose the question to themselves and take stock. Likewise, if we're honest with ourselves, we'll come to the same conclusion. We need help. And Jesus is sending help in the form of the Holy Spirit. John 14, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit of God, to be with us forever. Not just with us, but within us. And with us through our storms. Remember, it is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Will the Holy Spirit make the storms go away? Will he, see, will he ease the pain and discomfort? Will he calm the seas? No. Because the storms are there for our good. God has a purpose for them. So we must go through them. But we're no longer alone when we go through them. And we have this to look forward to, that he's going to get us to the other side. Because of Jesus' ultimate sacrifice to conquer 
the ultimate storm. We have a shore to land on, on the other side of the storm. We no longer have reason to fear death and forever separation from God. Because of Jesus' victory over death, which he has given us when we confess him as our Lord and Savior, we now have everlasting life waiting for us in the new heaven and the new earth. Revelation 21, another one of my favorites. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. No more storms. No more storms. No more pain and suffering. No more waves crashing in and and filling our boat. No more sickness. No more worrying about our finances or failed marriages or our jobs and, or what we're going to eat. Can you imagine all the storms in your life gone forever? Whatever storm you're having, whatever storm you're enduring right now in your life, it doesn't have to be filled with fear anymore. Replace the, your lack of faith with faith in Jesus who has conquered the ultimate storm. And he will be with you in your storm. Believer, replace your lack of faith with faith that the Holy Spirit is with you through the storm. You're not alone. If you're not a believer yet, and confess that you're a sinner in need of a Savior, then let Jesus come into your heart. Let him fill you with the Holy Spirit, and you too will not be alone. He will take you to the other side. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Rest in the storm comes from knowing and trusting in God. Faith in a Savior who has conquered the ultimate storm and has brought us salvation, which reconciles us to God. It gives us hope and confidence that we are no longer alone in the storm. See, trusting God through the storm comes from knowing God, experiencing salvation through Jesus Christ, and living in faith that the Holy Spirit is with us through the storm to take us to the other side. I'm trusting God through my storms. I have no doubt you can trust him through yours. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for help us, helping us to understand and know that you bring the storms for our good 
you conquered the storm for us on our behalf, sending your son to die on the cross for us, for, his, for the ultimate storm that we could not face ourselves. And we thank you for faith in the Holy Spirit that walks us through and brings us through our storms to the other side. For we will enjoy no more pain, no more suffering, no more tears. We thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to sing, but we, we want to make sure that uh, we give you an opportunity if you uh, are in a place where you have a storm that's overwhelming to you, uh, if you've lost your hope. Um, God wants us to take heart rather than lose heart. Uh, so we want to make sure that there um, is, is a way for you to come and get some prayer at the end. So we're going to sing. And anybody that's going through that, uh, you're having that kind of difficulty, you're afraid.